Hello everyone, welcome to week two of Math for Knitters. This week, as promised, is about gauge swatches. I know this sounds very boring, but the music in the background, which is very moody and dark, is meant to remind you of what can happen when you don't do a gauge swatch. It's by a man named Devin Anderson, and I'll have his link on the show notes. I found him at podsafeaudio.com. What can happen if you don't do a gauge swatch? Why it matters? How it can save you? And the uses for gauge swatches that you may not have realized? All coming up. Also, it's completely embarrassing that I'm a photographer, because I am a photographer, and I don't have any art. Someday, someday soon, I hope, I will have some pictures up of my works in progress, and maybe even things I've finished, but I am hopeless about trying to make a logo for the show. As I proved when I entered the Moshnit logo contest and got one vote, which was by me. And I'll admit that. So, hopefully, there's someone out there who is kind and motivated and interested enough to try to make me a logo. I would be very grateful, and I will make it worth your while. I'm not sure how, but I'll think of something. So, taking a page from Brooklyn Michelle, please enter my logo contest. I don't know if I'll be able to have voting, because I don't know if I can do that. I'll try to learn, but if I can't, um, you might just have to live with the one I pick. Email it to me. My email is Neal. that's spelled L-A-R-A-N-E-E-L, at M-A-C dot com. That's Neal at Mac dot com. Please email me your entry within one month. That will be May 16th. I would appreciate it. Also, today I'm going to play you at the end of the podcast a promo for Knit Tunes, which I love to listen to. I actually listen to it to clean the house, or really cook, or anything, because I tend to watch TV when I'm knitting. So, let's start the show. Alright, it is my contention that a gauge swatch is like... The recipe for a cake. If you do not use the recipe well, then your cake may come out a different size than you want, a different shape than you want, or with the wrong texture. You can avert all of those disasters and more by making a generous gauge swatch well, washing and blocking it as you would wash and block the sweater, and most importantly, being completely honest with yourself about the size of your gauge. If your gauge swatch looks wrong or is wrong, it is really better to fix it. Start over, try again, and in the end, you can have them around for different things. Before you make your gauge swatch, you have some decisions to make. Which kind of needle are you going to use? Are you going to knit in the round or flat? Which patterns 
are you going to use? It behooves you to make your gauge swatch as big as possible. Elizabeth Zimmerman says in many of her books that you should make a gauge swatch as if it were a hat or even make a hat out of one. If you think your sweater is going to be 200 stitches round, cast on 100 stitches. Make about 6 inches or 8 inches and then stop. Make your sweater. And I do it in this order because I have a habit of running out of yarn. Make the sweater and then if you have yarn left over, you can use it to finish the top of the hat. Otherwise, you can use the hat to finish with another yarn or um, I use it to try out new techniques. Like when I first steaked a sweater, I steaked my swatch first, which was relatively painless and much, much less scary than, than cutting my actual sweater that I'd knit on for a month or probably two months. So, you know, <laughs> there was a girl at my knitting group who had never steaked before and it was a very new knitter and she turned to me and she said wow you're so calm and I was like honey this is just the gauge swatch <laughs> I could care less if I screw this up but it gave me a testing ground to use for that technique and it really made a difference I think in my ability to do it well, anyway when you make your swatch it is then very very important to wash it and dry it Block it, if you wish, exactly the same way as you're planning on doing to the sweater. If you read Knitter's Review at all, I believe that's just knittersreview.com, you'll notice that many yarns, many, 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 many yarns, change gauge just from washing, not even necessarily being blocked. Some yarns bloom a little bit and, and relax when they are washed. Some yarns shrink just a little bit. In my experience, wool yarns do seem to kind of relax when you wash them and may even bloom a bit. Also, if you're going to do color work at all, it is very, very, very worth your while to practice your color work in your swatch. Practice your cables in your swatch. Practice your ribbing in your swatch to see what they will do, but also to give yourself a chance to learn a little bit about the pattern before you start on this monster that you're going to make. If you're only working on half the stitches, it will only take you half as much time to get a handle on the pattern. And I feel it's much more fun to knit when I don't have to struggle as much, when I've already had a little bit of a test run. So the gauge swatch can be sort of a training reel for you too. I like to use it also if I'm thinking about using a different kind of ribbing, like if I'm deciding between a 2x2 two two rib or 1x1 one one rib or a 3x2 rib, I will try one on one end of the swatch and one on the other end and see which one I like better. So it's good for all of those things. The way you use your swatch, the way I use a swatch, so now you have washed it and let it dry or blocked it or whatever and you're happy with it and you've made sure that your cat didn't get to it while you were out of the room as they do because they love to chew on wool I don't know why then I like to pick mine up and give it a good shake just in case just in case the towel that I've laid it on to dry is holding it out farther than it should be 
I've been bitten that way before. So I give it a good shake and then I lay it down flat again. And I get out my ruler, just a little six inch ruler, and I count four inches of stitches. And then I flip the thing over, not on its back, but a 180 degree turn, and I measure again. Sometimes these numbers are the same. Sometimes they are different. It's shocking how often they are different. To me, anyway. Also, you want to be sure to measure over many, many inches, not just two. I find four to be the minimum. I prefer six. Although usually I only trust four because the edges can be a little wonky. When you are measuring, be very, very careful that your ruler is not cattywampus diagonally rushing over more than one row of stitches. This is very easy to do if you are in a hurry or if you have a, a kind of a fuzzy yarn or a lumpy yarn, it can be difficult to see which way is up. Elizabeth Zimmerman, I believe, uses another method or, or somewhere I read another method where you actually have the have the swatch down and you put pins say 12 stitches apart from each other so like one pen and one stitch and one pen 10 or 12 stitches over and then you measure that distance that can be very useful if you're trying to figure out if you have 3.25 stitches to an inch versus 3.4 stitches to an inch that's a very small difference and you may have an easier time measuring distances between pens than trying to guess if you're squeezing in a fraction of a stitch, which is easy to trick yourself into doing. I find inches completely the wrong tool to use for that kind of measurement. I prefer centimeters. I personally learned that in science, and I, my brain does not process inches in the same way. I can say 2.54 centimeters, and that means one inch, but 1.2 inches, or one inch plus one of those little dashes, means nothing to me. If it's meaningful to you, more power to you. So, once you have your very careful, very accurate measurement, all you have to do is write it down. Anywhere, somewhere, on the ball band, in your notebook. It doesn't matter, just make sure you write it down because it's very frustrating to not be able to remember and have to measure again. Find your ruler again. And the reason you should use a ruler is because tapes, even those darling little sheep measuring tapes, which I love, um, they bend and they're very easy to, to uh, have a little bit bent and not realize it and make a wrong measurement, make a not good measurement. So if you're gonna bother to do all this math, to, to design your own sweater or even just add waist shaping or change something, gosh darn it, it's really worth it to get your gauge swatch measured correctly, I think. So there you have it, you've measured your gauge swatch. So now you can make a hat out of it if, you're, if you've done it in the round. Oh, also I should mention that if you're going to knit in the round, you should do your swatch in the round, even though it seems like a pain, because often your gauge will be different going round versus going back and forth. So you can make a hat. Some other uses. If you have a yarn that won't felt that can be machine washed, then you can, you can either make them big enough to be a panel or you can sew them into panels 
to give to charity. There are very many charities that accept, happily accept Afghans or portions of Afghans, and you can find out about them at www.woolworks, that's wool, W-O-R-K-S dot org backslash charity dot html you can even look specifically for charities that are in your state you can use them as toys for your strange cat i have a very strange cat who loves to carry around gauge swatches in his mouth as if they are prey that he has killed he looks very proud of himself whenever he does this also your swatch can save your sweater it saved mine recently i mentioned the running out of yarn thing while well, I was making a very lovely blue sweater from the bottom up and I got to the shoulders and I just about damn near ran out of yarn. I ended up going back to the gauge swatch and pulling the yarn out of the gauge swatch and finishing the neck with that. Even uh, binding off the shoulders I bound off one of the shoulders with the long tail left from the long tail cast on at the bottom of the sweater. It was really desperate. I was I was sweating it. <laughs> my uh, my boyfriend at one point looked over and said, "Are you going to have enough yarn?" And I said, "I do not know." <laughs> it was really stressing me out because I was so beautiful and I was so in love with the sweater. So I I ended up actually pulling out the whole gauge swatch, and all I had left was probably three or four feet of yarn. It was really terrifying. <laughs> but if I hadn't had that swatch, I would have been just dead in the water. I'm not really sure what I would have done. The nice thing about swatches, if you're good at hanging onto them and keeping them organized for yourself, is you can also use them for, for repairs later. If you, especially if you're really good and launder them every time you wash the sweater, they will age and wear and fade in the same way, and then you'll have the perfect repair yarn. I am not that organized. I am not that good. I just kind of keep them in a big box until I find something to do with them, and then I figure if I need to do a repair, it will just be not invisible. That's me. When I made my sister's afghan for her wedding, which was a huge project and took me nine months, I did make a little pillowcase, too, for cushion, and I told her, wash this every time you wash the afghan, and that way when we have to repair it, we'll just take the yarn out of this pillowcase, and, and that's worked really well so far. Also, if you have yarn that will felt that is not necessarily appropriate for charity knitting, and please feel free to correct me on this if someone knows that it's okay to give feltable yarn to charity knitting. I just, I just don't think that that sounds like a good idea. You can sew them together and then felt them or felt them first because different yarns do felt at different degrees and they might, it might pucker. And then sew them together to make little cushions, covers for your couch or um, as a very small rug. <laughs> Or a little when I was a when I was a little girl, I would have loved a little felted wool rug for my doll's house, and just one gauge swatch would be fine for that. Well, good people, allow me to share with you some of the horrible, horrible things I have done over the years by not making gauge swatches, not measuring them carefully enough, and not washing the swatch before I measured. I have made sweaters that were completely the wrong size. I'm talking 
five, six, seven inches wider in the chest than they should have been. I also made sleeves, which were about 12 inches longer than they should have been. Even though I felt that I had measured my gauge very carefully, I went back later and realized that I hadn't written it down, and so I had remembered it wrong. I have also made size 4 sleeves for size 12 sweater, which did not work very well. I ended up making the sleeves over again. I made socks that fell down, continue to fall down, will always fall down because I am too stubborn to do them over again or fix them in some way. If someone has a fix for socks that fall down because they are too big, please let me know. Also, unfortunately, by making slippers too small, I have twice, twice turned what would be grateful recipients of my knitting into pitiful victims who forced themselves to wear the slippers that were too small until their toes went numb. Some people are just too polite. So, that's the show this week. I'm hoping to make this a weekly occurrence. I am also hoping to get a little stand for my microphone so that I won't breathe on it so much. I hope it isn't driving you all nuts. Also, next week's edition will be about waist shaping, adding waist shaping to a sweater that doesn't have it. For me, it has increased the wearability of a sweater from very low to yes I'll wear it gladly every day so and it's very very simple and really neat the, the only difficult well I'll get into that next week <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed the show and I really enjoyed making it have a good day bye has garter stitch got you down or are you stuck knitting seemingly endless miles of stockinette in the round. Here's the solution. Knit Tunes, the best in pod-safe music to keep your mind occupied, your ears happy, your mouth smiling, and your fingers flying. All you have to do is press play, pick up your pointy sticks, and knit away. Knit Tunes, www.knittunes.net.